All right, Genesis 4. Um, again, Genesis, a book of uh, beginnings and origins, origin of and beginning of creation, of the universe, of the earth, of humans, of sin, of marriage, of the nation of Israel, the, the plan of salvation, origins of everything. Um, what we see in chapter 3 is the root of sin that, ha- that will be now pervasive for all humanity. Uh, and, and in chapter 4 and 5, we see the fruit of sin and how it just kind of spreads and, and, and how quickly it grows and how pervasively it infects. There's a phrase that we will see in chapter 4 and 5 over and over and over, and it's this phrase, um, and he died. The, the, the death enters the scene. Um, we see the first children being born, the first pregnancy uh, in chapter 4, and we, and we see the first death. And the first murder. And from here on out, no matter what else is said about the life, except for a couple, it always ends in, and he died. She died. Uh, and so th- th- that, is the, that is the end result of sin. God said it would happen. To eat of the tree, surely you will die. The interesting thing, when he said that um, in the last chapter, chapter 3, Verse 3, if you eat of this, you will surely die. He didn't say, um, I will kill you. He said, you will die. There will be consequences. It's not me that is leveling this against you. Um, And that's something I think we need to remember uh, before we even get into chapter 4. That the consequences of sin is death. But it's not that God says, I get so freaking upset at your screw-ups. I'm done with you. I'm going to level my hand against you. He doesn't do that. He did that against Christ. Uh, Isaiah 53 says, All our transgressions have been laid on him, and he's borne the iniquity of us all. Um, and when we know in the New Testament, there, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So he's, God has taken all of his wrath, and he's put it on Christ so that his wrath doesn't fall on us. There will be natural consequences to sin, but it's not. If you've ever felt like, man, I'm just messing up and God is just handling me right now. You know what I'm saying? Like his hand is just, he's just really working me over because I've just been messing up. He's not. That natural consequences, and he'll allow you to feel sometimes the full weight of those to get you to bend your knee in repentance. But he's already, he's already taken his anger and his condemnation and leveled that against Christ. And so when we are in those moments of, of sin and failure, we realize it, we repent. We talked about it last week. We repent so that we stay soft uh, and pliable to the Spirit. He's already offered us forgiveness on the cross. He wants us to repent so we stay um, repentant and remorseful. That leads us to Him because of His loving kindness. But He's already leveled everything He needs to level against Christ. Uh, and so... What we see here is that is that death has or sin has entered, and with it death. But it's not because God gets all angry at us when we mess up. He's already leveled that against Christ. When we when we find ourselves in those moments and times and seasons of disobedience, the best thing we can do is is repent, obviously, 
and, and, and ask God for the full measure of whatever his grace will allow us. Because there are consequences, natural consequences of sin. And what we need is God's grace in the midst of it. Do you understand that? His mercy in the midst of it. Um, and so, chapter 4, Adam lay with his wife. I'm going to read a section of this and then we'll talk about it. Adam lay with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Uh, Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Uh, And now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a relentless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. Let me just read a little bit more. Uh, But the Lord said to him, not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. Uh, to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mahujahel, and Mahujahel was the father of Methushael, and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Ada and one Zillah. I'm going to stop right there. There's a lot here. Okay? I want to give you the overview of it. I think we've all heard this story uh, in its varied tales of Cain and Abel. The first thing I want us to notice is verse 1. Adam lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. When she sinned and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what did, remember what God told her and, and, and told the serpent? I'll put enmity between your seed and his. And he, yeah, he will strike you, but you will crush his head. And, and, and so she knew that one was coming from her. To be the savior of it all. To be the one that would put it all back right. She knew it was coming. She knew she, she was she, her seed was going to be the one. So what do you think she was thinking in verse 1 of chapter 4? Is it? God is so good. He answered her prayers right now. And I know that's how she thought because the Hebrew text in our English version says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. The Hebrew text literally says, I have acquired a man, even the Lord. 
That's what the, how the Hebrew text reads. I have acquired even the Lord. And so in her mind, she's thinking, this is it. Have you ever thought that God was just moving right now and it was all going to be great from here on out? And, here, you know, and then you find out, ooh, I, I got a cane. Um, and, and so anyway, so, so that's the expectation that she has. I, I can't think of a, of a greater letdown of, <laughs> of the hopes of a child than hoping it's the Messiah, hoping it's the Savior, and then you get Cain. Uh, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the flocks, and Cain worked the soil. Verse 3, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil from offering the Lord. Abel brought the fat portions of some of the firstborn of the flock. In the course of time, that is an indication for us that there had been communication from God to Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel about when and how was the appropriate time to offer worship to God. It wasn't just, and then one day they decided in the course of time, that is a, that's a phrase that says there has been instruction and now they're following through with it. So apparently Cain and Abel had instruction from the Lord, as did Adam and Eve, about how God desired to be worshipped and what offering should be, what type should be given. Um, and Abel kept flocks, Cain was a farmer. Um, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, on Cain and his offering. He did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. What's the issue with the two offerings? Cain brought some of it, not the fattest portion. Or necessarily the first fruits. Both those are exactly 100% correct. Yeah, well done. Uh, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Abel brought, and again, all this Hebrew stuff, even the fat. So it wasn't just, it brought the first of of the produce, what what the flocks produced, even the fat portions, like the good stuff. And this would be what God would require throughout the animal sacrifice throughout the Old Testament. The fat of this, the fat of that, the fat of this, the fat of that would be burned to him. And so one of it is that Cain brought some of it and and that Abel brought the best of it. Um, There is a way of Cain that is mentioned in Jude 11, and we'll read it in just a minute. But this is part of the way of Cain. When we offer to God things that are left over. And if you've, it, it, we have all had those moments where we give to God what we think we can spare. When we give to God that which makes sense, given what I have and what I need and what I want, I can spare this and I'll give that. It's exactly what Cain did. And Abel gave right off the top and the best that he had. It wasn't like Abel looked around, you know what, this is a sickly little guy. I'm going to get rid of him anyway, and so I can afford to give that one, so I'm going to give that one. That's not what he did. And so this speaks right now to the way of Cain. When we give God what we think we can afford to let go of. And it's real dangerous ground to approach God with stingy hands. Not only that, later God would say appropriate offerings given to me are grain offerings. 
But from the beginning, it was blood offering. Uh, and in, in uh, the scripture says, without the uh, shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Um, and so, and so, Cain is bringing something that is not that wasn't originally authorized by God to give. And so, when you think about these offerings, I want you to think about the kind of offering, the quality of offering, and the character of the one offering it. Okay, so the kind of offering is a little bit skewed here. Matter of fact, Hebrews nine twenty two. Let me just read it to you, just to make sure uh, that we got it. Hebrews 9.22. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so apparently God had said, this is when you worship and how you worship the offering you give, because at the the time had come for them to do it, so there had already been instruction given. And God said, you have to come to me on my terms. And you come to me on my terms based on the shed blood. Do you understand that? And so Cain wants to come to God based on his terms rather than on God's terms. And God's way of coming to him is through the blood that was shed. The kind of offering was wrong. The quality of offering, we talked about that, some of the fruit, whatever he thought he could afford. Um, where Abel said, no, I'm going to give you the best and the first and even the best of the best. Right off the top. It's reminiscent of what King David said in 1 Chronicles 24, 24, 21, 24, when he wanted to build the temple and do all of this, and, <clears throat> and he was looking for land. And he found some land he wanted, and the guy wanted to give it to him. And David said, I will not offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. I will not give to God that which didn't make me sacrifice. Do you understand? So the kind of offering, the quality of offering, and the character of the offering. We will see the character of the offer in, just, in, in very clear fashion very soon. But for our purposes right now, just think about when we approach God. The kind of way we approach him has got to be through the shed blood of the one who shed his blood. We cannot come to God any other way. I've been good. I behave myself. I'm a religious person. That, that doesn't work. God said, this is how you come to me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me, through the, the blood that he shed on the cross. It's the only way to get to God. We talked about it on Sunday. It's that ex- exclusivity of Jesus that causes people's hostility. Because they want to believe. Well, there's all, you know, all roads lead to heaven, all dogs go to heaven, I'm a good person, all that stuff. As long as you're sincere... That's all God cares about. As long as you love people, it's all God cares about. That's just, it's just not the way it goes. <clears throat> Through the shed blood of Jesus, that is it. Uh, and, and, and we've got to make sure that when we have the opportunity to give to God, it's not what we think we can afford and we, we think we can live without. It's the best. And it's right off the top. That's the standard. Um, and, and that's how God... That is what God values. Now, here's, what I, here, here's one of the things I like about this. Uh, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. We don't know what that means, looked with favor. I don't know how one of them knew that God favored one and God didn't favor. Maybe God said, no, 
Or maybe say, yeah, I like that. Good job, Abel. I don't know. We don't know. Um, there are instances in Scripture in, in later Old Testament times when God's consumed an offering because he accepted it. So maybe it's one of those deals. Consumed by fire, uh, the offering of Abel. And Cain's just kind of sat there. We, we have no idea. But we know that they knew somehow that which God accepted and that which God rejected. Um, I'm going I'm to come back to something in just a minute. So they both know that which God accepted and that which God didn't. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Um, so, so Cain has this issue in his heart that he's frustrated with God. He's frustrated that his efforts uh, weren't accepted. And there's probably some jealousy between he and his brother. He was downcast. That's a pretty strong word that indicates, in our words, depression. And so he's falling into this state of um, that real dark place that you can get to in your life. Um, but I think it's, it, it's important for us to, 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 to realize why he got to that place of being downcast, of being completely down and depressed. Why was it? Nobody? He felt less silent. He what? He felt less. He, he felt, felt less. less. Why did he feel less? He was the firstborn son. He was the firstborn son and? He's supposed to be. His mom told him he was. <laughs> His mom told him he was the son. <laughs> Let's not dance around it. He, I'll tell you why he was downcast. Because he was in sin. He rejected God's, what God said. He did it his own way. He said, I know you've given us instruction. However, this is how I'm going to do it. And feeling the results of that, experience the results of that. I guarantee you the most miserable people and the most depressed people on this planet are Christians who are out of fellowship with God and living in sin. And we can dress it up however we want to. And we take all kinds of meds. And sometimes meds are necessary. Not very often, I don't think. Especially for Christians. But we can dress it up however we want. But, but many, many, many times we get to these places of this incredible darkness in our lives because we're out of fellowship with God. And, and this is exactly where he was. And so I, I love this about God. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why are you so down? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? The issue with him being so down is that he wasn't doing what? What was right with God? He's trying all these ways to be accepted by God, and it doesn't work. And I love the fact that God never says to him, You blew it, I'm done. Right? He doesn't say that. You blew it, you're out. He doesn't say that. Now, he will cast him out in a little bit, but, but not right now. 
He doesn't say, you have, you've come to me on your own terms, with your own agenda. I don't accept, I don't accept it. I don't accept you. You're, he doesn't say that. He says, if you do what is right, doesn't this whole thing turn around? You know what God's giving him? Hmm? Mercy. Mercy and a chance. a chance. He said, look, I love you and I want you. I still choose you. Yeah, you blew it. And you're feeling the repercussions of that right now. But we can turn this whole thing around. All you have to do, repent, come to me my way. And it's all good. Do you understand? And there are so many things in our own lives where you want to talk internally, you want to talk relationally, you want to talk the course of life, you want to talk about the humdrum depressions of life, the dullness of life, the darkness of life. There are so many things, marriage, childbirth, there's so many things that if we would say, Lord, I'm sorry, I have done all for a long time my own way, and I'm feeling the effects of it. I repent of that. And whatever it means to do it your way, I'm going to do it your way. That's all God needs. Can you imagine what would happen with Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, had Cain has said, Lord, I'm sorry. It's prideful, egotistical. Had he just repented? How, how this thing could have been... You know, and so then I think of that and I think, Carl, say that to your own self. How much could you have saved yourself had you just repented early on? Before the pain got so bad. Right? And so now, if, if any one of us, if, you're, if, if we are in those moments of, this just sucks. And it's painful and I don't know. If I can go on anymore, I don't know if all I want to do is quit. I just want to be done. I just wonder how much can change if we come to God his way and say, Lord, I'm sorry. First, I just need to repent. I'm just going to take care of him. I just need to repent. And I'm coming before you humbly according to your terms. And I'm just going to lay it down. Can you imagine what God could do with that? I know what he's done in my life. He said, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must master it. <clears throat> Here's the thing. When sin is, have you ever felt like sin is right there? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's right here. And it wants you to respond a certain way. It wants you, it just wants to egg you on just a little bit more. Here's the here's the rule. If sin is crouching at your door, you know the best thing to do? Shut the door. Don't open it in the first place. If you know it's crouching there, don't even open it to peek at it. Matter of fact, take this. Say, say, Jesus, someone's at the door for you. <laughs> D- don't even open it. I'm speaking this uh, Monday, Tuesday in Arizona with our church planners from around the nation. And they're kind of doing this old 
the original gangster and new gangster type of thing. And I'm an, o, I'm an OG. I'm an original gangster. Farsters, planters go in our network. And so they, they, they haven't given us much instruction other than to say, what did, as, an old, as an original gangster, what have you learned? And I think the first thing I'm going to tell these young guys is don't flirt with sin. Just don't. Just don't, don't even flirt around with it. Because the only goal of sin is to have us. Um, if you do not do what I sense crouching your and it desires to have you, but you must master it. That word desires to have you is the exact same word that's used in the previous chapter of Eve's desire for her for her husband. It's the exact same word. As sin desires to have Cain, God says, Woman, you will desire your husband. It doesn't just, it means this, but not just, I want him. It means I want to master him. And that's one reason why so many relationships are so difficult. Because a man doesn't know how to submit and love his wife like Christ loved the church and give himself up for her. And the wife doesn't know how to submit to that leadership. She wants to rule him and tell him and make him in the man she wants him to be. And he wants to sit there and say, woman, you came from me. How about I tell you who you are to be? And the whole thing just gets screwed up. But, but that's, the, that's, the, that's the problem in our relationships and marriage, and that's the, that's the problem with sin. It desires to have us, but here's the good news. God tells them, you must master it. You have to assert authority over it. Not by dancing with it, but by telling Jesus to get the door. Now Cain said to his brother, let's go out to the field. And while they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Um, what was happening in Cain was this angry, murderous attitude. This angry, murderous heart. He didn't wake up one morning and they get in a fight in self-defense. Like this is premeditated because this thing had been building a long time in him. And he had never lived in that state of submissive repentance before the Lord. And he had this angry, murderous heart. And it found expression in the act of murder against his brother. Now, all of this about Cain, as bad as this is, came to God the wrong way. Didn't offer what was best. Had this angry, terrible heart. These are all spoken of as a, of a worshiper of God. He wasn't a heathen. He wasn't someone who didn't know God. This is the heart of a worshiper. It's just a bad heart. And so when God looks at us in worship, he doesn't look at what we do. And he doesn't even look at what we bring. He looks at the heart. And it's exactly what was said when God was choosing the king. God doesn't look at the outward appearance as man looks at. God looks at the heart. And when God sees a heart that comes to him according to his, through the shed blood of Jesus on a cross, 
And he sees the heart that says, I will give you the best and the first, whatever that is. And he sees the heart of a repentant worshiper. That's what he, that's whom he supports. But when he sees a heart that comes to God on their own terms, that holds back, that gives God what they can afford to lose anyway, someone who harbors bitterness and anger and resentment, that is all rejected. I told you that the way of Cain is mentioned in Jude. Jude is one chapter long. And so in Jude 11, it means Jude verse 11, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. Jude 11 says this, Woe to them! They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for prophets into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Those three things are pretty profound Old Testament things that led God's people into destruction and evil and sin. The way of Cain is the first one listed. And so just for your knowledge, here is the way of Cain. One, to come to God on your own terms. I will be God, I will be good, and God is happy with what I do. Rather than through the shed blood of Jesus and asking for his mercy and your grace. Because the Bible says all of our righteous deeds are filthiness to him anyway. So if we think we can get good out of God because we've been good, that is the way of Cain. It's interesting too. As Cain is preparing his offering of fruit and grains and everything, don't you think he probably made it look really good? Right? You know, he kind of had the backdrop of the greens and then some like nice little budding wheat. And we, you know, just, and I'm just imagining, but I imagine Cain's thinking, hey, look how beautiful this is. That I, Look at all this. I'm, this is just gorgeous. Look at me. Look at how good this is. And Abel offered a bloody carcass. Do you know how nasty and stinky that is? If you've ever skinned an animal, you know. God doesn't look at it. And, and so the way of Cain, when we come to him on our own, the second one is the second way of Cain is to keep the best for ourselves. When we watch out for ourselves first. And I'm convinced, man, and, and this is not a message about tithing or generosity, but I'm convinced that that is why it's so hard for people to tithe and be generous. Because they keep the best for themselves. We always do. I mean, that's our natural tendency. Why? Because it's a tendency of sin. So it's the way of Cain. Rather than saying, God, right off the top, the best, it's yours. The third thing is um, that when we refuse to repent. If, 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 when we know there is sin in our life and we refuse to repent, not to gain forgiveness, but to, 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 to reestablish this intimate relationship with God. Forgiveness has already been given by Jesus on the cross. But repentance keeps us in that position of submission. And when we know there's sin in us and we refuse to repent, we are going the way of Cain. And it is deadly. The way of Cain. The fourth thing is anger in our heart. When there's anger and bitterness, when there's resentment and unforgiveness, that's the way of Cain, and it is deadly. And the fifth thing, the way of Cain, that always leads to transgressions against others. Start ruining relationships and hurting people. 
And if that strikes a chord with anybody, I just I want to encourage you to identify, I have been going the way of Cain and to realize, I guarantee you, it will not end well. But God is so good and loves us so much and is so tender and so patient, offers us unending mercy and grace. And he says, if you will just do right. What does that mean? Repent. It, it, that's, that's all. And the moment that happens, God is then free to respond to us according to the magnitude of his grace. No longer the consequence of our sin. It's amazing. It's amazing. So then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, yeah, you actually are. You are actually responsible for each other. So not only are you a murderer, now you're a liar. So you're not off to a great start here, Cain. Um, <clears throat> the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you're under a curse and driven from the ground, uh, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Um, when you work the ground, you will no, it will no longer you'll cross you. You will be a, re, a restless wanderer on the earth. So that's God's pronouncement. You'll be a restless wanderer. That means he will never settle down, right? Right? Did any of you pick up on anything when I was reading that passage the first time through? They were building a city. Yeah, Brenda, hold on to that. Exactly. That's exactly right. Hold on to that for just a minute. Uh, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. It's not. <laughs> Today you're driving me from the land. I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. It's more than I can bear. What, if it is more than you can bear, then why don't you repent? Right? And I know we've all been in that place where, like, this is just, it's just too much. It's too much. I can't do it anymore. I can't handle it anymore. I don't want it anymore. It's just too much. And God says, well, finally. You know why I let it get that bad? Because you've not been repentant yet. Just repent. I, I still wonder what would happened had he, just, had he repented there. In the book of Revelation, when it talks about all these horrible things that are going to happen on the earth, they'll happen but before, before the Antichrist levels the... The, the, the difficulty against believers, God's going to pour out his wrath on unbelievers. This is all in the study we did in Revelation. It's all online. And when God pours out his wrath on the earth, not on believers, we'll be protected from it, but on unbelievers. The reason God does it is to cause so much pain that they'll bend their knee and submit to him. And the Bible says, even with excruciating, like they say, we wish the mountains would fall on us and kill us before we repent. God, don't be that stubborn. The Lord said to him, not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one, will be found, uh, no one who found it would kill him. We don't know what that mark was. And there's, there's some bad theology out there about what that is. We don't know what it was. It could be a physical thing. It could be a spiritual covering. We see both of those in Scripture. Somehow, people knew this is the guy. Don't touch him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then, here it is, Brenda, Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. You think, oh, that's sweet of him. 
<laughs> See, he's got a good heart. He's got a little boy, builds a city, named city after his son. That's kind of nice, George, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. God pronounced, you're going to be a wanderer forever. He said, I'm going to be a wanderer forever. And what's the first thing he does? He's still defiant against the, the word of God. He's still defiant. Yeah, but it's coming from a good place. You're still defiant. Right? I wonder how much problems we cause ourselves because we're defiant. To Enoch was born Irad, Irad is the father of Mahujael and all these people. Verse 19, Lamech married two women. One named Ada and one named Zillah. Boy, like father, like son. My gosh, man. Um, this is in defiance of Genesis 2.24. Genesis 2.24, God says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, not to his wives. So first place polygamy or polygamy is mentioned in scripture and it just gets bad from there. And, and th- this is the line of Seth. It's one defiance after another of God. Dads especially be careful. Dads and grandpas. If we got little ones coming up after us, be very careful. More often than not, the course of our life will set the course of theirs. Now praise God, he is merciful and gracious to the thousandth generation. But especially if you're a dad or a grandpa like I am, just freaking repent, man, when you got to repent. Eddie Gibber did Jabal, the father of those living tents and raised livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. Uh, his father uh, uh, of all those who play the harp and the flute. Zillah had a son, Tubal Cain, forced all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wise of Lemek, hear my words. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain's have been seven times, Lamech, 77 times. When the, I don't know if yours reads the way mine does. It says, I have killed a man. That literally means I will kill a man. So, so what he's saying here, this pride and arrogance has so infected this line of Cain. So it got him into trouble in the first place. Pride and arrogance thinking you come to God on your terms. Pride and arrogance thinking you don't got to worship him the way he asked to be worshipped. Pride and arrogance. It so infected him, that, that his, his line, that now Lamech says, I will kill a man for wounding me. He steps on my toe, he's dead. Bumps into me in a parking lot in the car, dents my bumper, dead. Pride and arrogance. Listen, this is the nature of sin. Sin grows deeper and more perverse. That's all it does. Sin never stays constant. And it is never stagnant. It always goes deeper and is more perverse. It's interesting that he says, If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. In Matthew 18, 21 through 22, Jesus talks about 77 times. And what does he say? Yeah. Seth was asking, how often should I forget somebody seven times? And Jesus says, what? Seven times. 
Yes. And one translation says, he actually said 77 times. And you have to know that those disciples, their minds go right back to here. You're going to get hurt. People are going to offend you. They're sinners just like you, just like me. And it will not go well many times. And rather than enacting revenge, rather than trying to set them straight, rather than trying to... Jesus says, you know what? Forgive. It's like I forgave you. Yeah, but what if they do it a second time? Oh, well, no. Okay, and I see what you're saying. How about this? Forgive. It's like I forgave you. Yeah, but what about like three, four, five, six? They've done seven times in a row. Never ask forgiveness. Oh, I get it. Well, then I didn't know that that was the case, Jesus says. Um, Still forgive them. Just like I forgave you. What about the 51st time? This is getting ridiculous now. How about the 62nd time? This is absolutely insane. And, and think about it when Jesus says 70 times 7. Now we're up to 490. Well, God, after 400 times, give me a break. That's what I'm going to sound good on the recording. God's like, oh, okay, 400. I never saw that coming. That surprises me. No, it doesn't surprise me. Forgive them. And you've got to know the disciples go right back to here. The thing that makes us not forgive, think about it, is pride and arrogance. You hurt me, and I don't deserve that. I deserve more than what you have done. I deserve better. It's what got Cain in trouble. It was what got his son, his grand, and on down through that line. And after this, that line is cut off. We're not here about much anymore at all. Because God says, you know what? If that's the way this is going, we just need to. You're not going to repent. You don't get to share my mercy and grace. We're not going to deal with this anymore. So. Let me just finish up with this. Adam lay with his wife and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in the place of Abel. Since Cain killed him, Seth also had a son uh, and, his na- and named him Enosh. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. That means proclaim the name of the Lord. This, this is when people started saying, we are worshipers of God. And this is where the story turns and follows this more righteous line that will lead us to Christ. That is Genesis 4. Comments, cries, shouts of outrage.